From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. It was a cool, foggy morning in northeast Wisconsin when they brought you our first new podcast, Tuesday, October 17, 2023. How about that fog? Yeah. Coming in this morning. It's very, very foggy. All I could do is follow the taillights in front of me because I, I, I couldn't see, so I ended up in a garage in Pulaski. <laughs> so here we go. We are excited to have one of our favorite guests back on the broadcast today, Mary Danielson. Yes, we have J.B. Hickson. I look forward to hearing about what he's following, what the Lord's put on his heart concerning prophecy and news headlines, and I might have to increase my caffeine so that I can keep up. Um, we have a scripture this morning, and we're going to pray, and we are going to jump right in with J.B. Hickson. Psalm 130, 5 to 8. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Amen. Pray with me this morning, Lord, thank you for another day to do the work of the kingdom. We look to you today to grant us uh, the strength to gracefully navigate both the, the joys and the difficulties that may come, that others will see our trust and hope and desire what we have in you. Lord, please knit our hearts together in brotherly love by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask for grace uh, and refreshment for our guest JB and for many open doors of ministry, safety on the road, for all needs to be met, guide and direct our conversation today, that it would edify the body of Christ and draw many to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are welcoming back J.B. Hickson today, president and founder of Not By Works Ministries, notbyworks.org, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. He's a nationally known author, speaker, radio host, over 30 years of ministry experience, pastorally, academically. You can find a, a great number of resources, again, at notbyworks.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org. You can visit that for volumes one and two of his books of the same name. And they're a great resource, whether you're an old-seasoned prophecy student or if you're new to the subject and you just don't want to be overwhelmed, it is so well laid out. Also, Spirit of the False Prophet is the new book. It can be found at notbyworks.org. And click on the store option. JB, welcome back. So much to talk about, and I have questions. <laughs> hey, Mary, it is so great to be with you guys. I tell you what, I am simultaneously exhausted and exhilarated. <laughs> it is amazing what's happening every day. You wake up and you see signs of the times, and you see evidence that our great God is at work, and uh, not a time to be scared, but definitely a time to be prepared. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. I concur 100%. You were at a Bible conference over the weekend in Texas. Um, uh, tell us about how that went. What did you talk about? And can people access uh, the archives of that? Yes. So a couple ways uh, to do that. So, yeah, we were in at the Flint Baptist Church, a very large uh, church there in East Texas, near Tyler, Texas. And it just blew me away, the response. Uh, that, that, that We just weren't expecting it. It was the first time at that church. But they had, altogether, counting online and in the building, they had about 8,000 people uh, that attended 
And uh, I spoke three times. Uh, I spoke on uh, why Bible prophecy matters. Uh, I did the five uh, reasons in the morning and five in the evening, and then I did a uh, a Q and A. And I tell you what, it's just amazing to me to see people waking up all across the land. The previous weekend, we were in Norman, Oklahoma, with the Prophecy Watchers uh, gang there doing a conference there. I spoke twice there. And uh, although it wasn't quite as many people uh, in the building, it was still a large conference. And, you know, that was the weekend that uh, Hamas uh, invaded uh, Israel across the Gaza Strip there. And so it was just stunning to see prophecy unfolding before your very eyes and so many people, uh, you know, awakening and eager to hear what's happening and see mm. see it through the lens of Scripture. So, yeah, folks can get—we've uh, posted the audio of uh, both of my— messages from Flint. I spoke three times, but one of them was uh, the same message twice in two different groups. Uh, and so, but you can get those at our podcast channel, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Not By Works Ministries. We're on all of the podcast providers. Uh, we have also posted the videos to our premier uh, membership. Uh, we will be posting those to the general public here in about a week or so. But if you're one of our premier members, then you've already seen those videos. Uh, or at least hopefully you've noticed them, they were posted yesterday. So, uh, yeah, just exciting things happening. Uh, so grateful to be, uh, first of all, for the Lord's grace and to know that we know the Lord. And uh, I just counted mm-hmm. an incredible uh, privilege to be called a child of God. We should all feel that way, First mm-hmm. John 3, 1. Uh, but, uh, but also just uh, excited to be being used of the Lord to help uh, introduce people to Bible prophecy. JB, how's the reception for your new book so far? It's only Amazing. been out for a little bit. It has, yeah, been out three weeks now, and we uh, we underestimated the response, especially at Flint Baptist. So we knew we'd have a great response at the Prophecy Watchers. We brought five hundred copies all together, and uh, lo and behold, we sold out of the new wow. book on, the, on this trip. So we have when we get home tonight. Uh, uh, we've got over 50 uh, orders that we've got to ship from home because we were 50 short. So, uh, and then we're just getting a steady f- a flow of orders uh, online. Uh, word is getting out. I think people are uh, have had a chance to read it now and are thankfully uh, finding it to be useful and spreading the word. Uh, but folks can go to spiritofthefalseprophet.org, spiritofthefalseprophet.org, if they're interested in kind of seeing what's in it. We list the whole table of contents there, and they can kind of get a sense for what it's all about. Uh, we also have a handful of copies here at our local ministry base here in Green Bay for our local listeners. We've got a handful for sale as well. We uh, purchased some right when it right when, when they went on sale. So if uh, if you're in a hurry and you don't want to wait and go through all that, you can stop by here at our ministry. Uh, JB, uh, I love that you have a Q and A session. Um, I think it gets a chance to gives you a chance to understand what people are really thinking about what what are some of the things that people are asking you specifically about was there one certain thing that has captured people's uh, hearts and minds right now yeah of course it seems like the psalm 83 war comes up a lot the gog and magog war so i talked about both of those uh sunday night at the q a in texas um i think that people also want to know uh you know what's going on in terms of america and are we going to get drawn into this conflict mm-hmm. um what's the future of america look like politically there's a lot of chaos there when I mean, we have mm-hmm. no speaker of the house right now we have uh, a leading republican candidate who's likely going to be in jail we have a, a democratic leading candidate who uh, can't even walk or put two words together i mean it's a mm-hmm. it's a bizarre time in the history of america but i believe it's all part of 
the Luciferian plan. I've, I've outlined these in my three books, uh, explained it, I think, pretty clearly documented it historically going back over 100 years. This is their moment in the sun. This is when they want to bring down America, yeah. rise up the New World Order and the One World System, just as it's described in the book of Revelation. And, of course, we can't, you know, we can't set dates. We don't know uh, exactly when God's t- timetable is going to kick in for the end times, but we certainly know what the the bad guy's timetable is. The, the, the globalists have telegraphed that they want to be in a one-world system with no national sovereignty by the end of mm-hmm. this decade. So mm-hmm. we'll see if, if, that is, if that happens, uh, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Yeah, the game plan started with COVID. I think people think they know what long COVID is. I'll tell you what long COVID is. It's to uh, ensnare the globe into one big system, and it started then, as I think Harari basically alludes to in mo- most of his quotes. Um, I want to oh, ask. Yeah. I want to ask you about Israel here because it seems like there's a lot of blame to go around, and that as the dust dust has not settled, but this part is really risen to the top. There are a lot of articles referring to Israel's dependence on the West for a number of things. Some articles say America has blood on their hands, um, you know, about the state of affairs over right now. And people are asking the number one question I'm getting is how was Israel caught off guard? Because the central purpose. Uh, or uh, definition of intelligence is the avoidance of surprise. Uh, JB, I want to know what you think about it seemingly being a surprise uh, up 10 days ago. Yeah, so I know this will probably not sit well with some of our listeners because uh, there's t- really two schools of thought out mm-hmm. there right now, uh, and I disagree with the majority viewpoint on this. But okay. I had Leo Homan on last week, and he completely agrees with my assessment and my you know again i don't have any inside knowledge here i'm just making an educated guess based on having studied the luciferian conspiracy for 17 years now very in depth but it's my view that this was not an intelligence failure this was a stand down order which is a very common military technique that's still taught to this day in the american war college it's very common historically uh and i believe there was someone on the inside that made that that let this happen it's mm-hmm. called lihop let it happen on purpose um mm-hmm. And I know that for people that like us that love Israel, it's kind of hard to believe that there could be some rogue elements working at the behest of the Luciferians to try to cause this to happen. But that's the fact. I mean, the same things happened again and again within American history, and it, it, to me, it's, it has all the earmarks of that. Uh, and here's what Leo Holman said. I've quoted this a couple of times, but I think he says it so well. If you don't mind, I'd like to quote Yeah, him. please do. But he said in a recent article, and by the way, he's an award-winning investigative journalist. He's he's got sources all over the planet, mm-hmm. and doesn't mean he's perfect. Obviously, none of us are, but he's. I think he is spot on here. And he said, "Quote: Mossad have the most superior and advanced intelligence infrastructure in the world. They make the NSA, CIA, and British intelligence look like kids playing detective with plastic guns and stringed soup cans out on the schoolyard. Indeed, Mossad claims that if a cockroach from Palestine threatens Israel." They already know the length of its antenna. Therefore, is not the first fundamental question regarding Netanyahu's 911 this, quote, how did the best intelligence agency in the world allow for a Red Dawn-style invasion, a waltz-in of poorly trained maniacs on its own soil? And then uh, Homan answers his own question, of course they knew. Of course they permitted it. And I believe that's the case. Um, it's, uh, it's just not, it's not, it defies credulity to think that these maniacs, uh, you know, uh, flying in on, you know, parachutes and so forth could, could cause the, 
the, if not the mightiest military, the second mightiest military in the world to be brought to its knees uh, in such a way. So I think there's a, a bigger picture here going on. I think uh, this is all part of the powers that be that are orchestrating World War III and trying to uh, trying to eventually bring Israel uh, under one world power and, of course, bring down America as well. You know, and I really tend to agree with you on that. And I posted on social media this weekend, there are two things that are true. One is I absolutely love Israel and and the heart of God towards Israel. Also true, that doesn't negate that. Also true is they have a secular government. Um, there's bound to be corruption. They have not accepted Jesus as their Messiah. They will accept the Antichrist. They are headed for much worse days than this. Uh, both of those things are true. And I, I, I do tend to believe uh, like you believe about this, that something went horribly wrong, and a lot of Christians maybe don't want to think that way, but it, I think it's okay to think that way. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's sad, but it's if you understand that what I've outlined in my last three books, uh, the big picture, uh, Satan's earthly accomplices that he's using to try to usher in a one-world system, yeah. uh, then it all makes perfect sense. Um, and, you know, the folks that are out there, you know, really... Uh, disagreeing with me and vehemently so. Um, I mean, they just, I think, have a, a blind spot, honestly, and I mean that graciously. I'm not yeah. personally attacking them. I'm just saying right. I think they have sort of, in their love for Israel, failed to recognize what you just articulated, and that is this is a secular state, and just as there are some bad guys inside yeah. the beltway of Washington, D.C., that don't really want what's best for our country, the same thing is true over there. Yeah, absolutely. And I also... Um, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast. I'd like to take it a, a step further in what's going on over there. Besides the, the global elitists, Israel will be part of that. But the collapse of the West, all right, traditional institutions, moral compass, uh, strong leadership, our two-party system here, uh, the sellout of public education, uh, our weak international reputation. Um, I guess I would ask you what you think. Does this contribute? Did this contribute to this assault on Israel? I think... The fall of the West is reverberating around the free world, and that includes Israel. And I don't think the collapse can be ignored or underestimated. Yeah, no doubt. It's all happening at, at, at simultaneously here. And this is uh, something that's been planned for over 100 years, especially around the turn of the 20th mm-hmm. century. The globalists put in plan a very specific agenda to try to bring down America, and it was multi um, faceted. They, they they wanted to bring us down morally from within. They took over the education system, the medical system, the political system, big business, big agri, big pharma, you name it. And, and over the last 120 years or so, they have just been dismantling our country, and it's all been leading up to this decade. Again, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. this was their target. I mean, I've talked about this extensively in my second book, uh, where the you know the timeline of the Luciferians, where over 100 years ago they were targeting the, the 2020s. And so with Agenda 21, with Agenda 2030, with all the things, with the, as you mentioned, the pandemic, and all of these things that were pre-planned and being rolled out uh, right here at the beginning of this decade, and now we're halfway through it, I think they're, they're poised to bring down America. And I think you know, it could happen any number of ways. It could happen economically. It could happen militarily. It could happen through some type of terrorist attack mm. or or any combination of them. And I tend to think it will be a, a combination. Uh, but something's going to happen that brings America to its knees, decapitates this country, and causes us to join up with the one world system. Uh, only thing in my mind that remains to be seen is when, right. and will we still be here when that happens? Right. Wow. 
Yes, and also I think uh, the Biden Biden administration, they've transferred billions to Iran, um, who is underwriting all this. They relaxed sanctions of oil sales to the tune of $80 billion more in uh, oil export uh, funds that they've generated. Um, you know, they can support these proxy client, uh, clients like Hamas, Hezbollah, and Islamic Jihad. They provide $100 million a year to Palestinian terror groups and $700 million a year to Hezbollah. What could possibly go wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Republicrats and Democrats are both uh, <laughs> aiding and abetting the Luciferians in this attempt to destroy America. Uh, it's a little more overt when we have a Democrat, especially now, because yeah. Biden, I really believe, is a true placeholder. He's he's kind of the last uh, bastion here before they push us over the edge. And they just needed someone in there to hold the office and occupy the, the, the seat behind the resolute desk. But really, he's nothing more than a placeholder. There's a lot of other people pulling mm-hmm. the strings. Uh, but it goes back even way before Biden or Obama or Clinton. I mean, these are this has been a long-standing plan. Uh, typically, when a conservative is in office, uh, playing the role of president, and it's all selections, not elections. That's when we fund Israel and uh, give, build up their military, as we should, by the way. I mean, they are our allies, and we God loves Israel and has a future for Israel, so they need to be defended because the enemy hates Israel. But at the same time, it's because of that that now they can. Uh, you know, respond the way they have and kind of foment a, a wider, a wider conflict. I really mm-hmm. think it will not be long before we are explicitly and overtly at war with Iran. Uh, it just remains to be seen whether Israel launches a first strike against Iran, which again they would be justified in doing, uh, or Iran comes to the aid of Hezbollah and Hamas, and then either way, America will have no choice but to get involved at, mm-hmm. at that time. So. Yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes going on, but you're right. You know, certainly the left has funded uh, enemies of Israel, but you have to understand above all of that is this great puppet master up there that's kind of, you know, playing the role of, of putting putting the pieces on the chessboard in the right spot so that we can, you know, have some of the end times wars that we read about in Scripture. Yeah, we could wake up to a conflagration around the world at any time. I also wanted to get your take on those. Uh, <laughs> the protests in America. Um, somehow, these university darlings have decided that there's a moral equivalence between Israel and its enemies. You know that it's taught in universities that somehow terrorism equates to liberation of those who are oppressed by Israel. Of course, um, what's your take mm-hmm. on these protests over the weekend? Uh, it's just absurd. Uh, you know, most of them, by the way, are, are, are fomented. I think there's a, mm. the COINTEL pro, uh, program of the FBI is still very active, and so they infiltrate and kind of gin it up to cause civil unrest. That's another uh, aspect and way that they're trying to bring down America. But, you know, the big difference is the terrorists intentionally sought out to kill innocent people. That's their goal. They want to strike fear by raping, destroying, you know, pillaging uh, just horrific things that we're seeing uh, from news reports uh, in Israel. Uh, at a time of war, uh, you know, hopefully nations that, that are following with a moral compass will do their best to minimize civilian casualties, but it's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm not ready to sit here and say that Israel is intentionally uh, targeting innocent civilians. I don't think they are at all. Uh, but they, you know, certainly that's going to happen when you have a war. So there's a huge moral difference between uh, what we see happening. But yeah, definitely the the left is going to uh, call that out and claim that you know this is 
Israel indiscriminately killing people, and you know, I see CNN and some of those groups out there mm-hmm. fomenting that perspective <laughs> by keeping a, a body count and saying, well, already more you know Palestinians have died than died in Israel. Well, I mean, that's just not the right way to look at it. Uh, all human life is precious. We ought to do our best to preserve mm-hmm. a human life. Unfortunately, in wartime, uh, there are casualties. Yeah, yeah. And I'm afraid for our youth that they're believing all these lies about land for peace or two-state solutions, um, uh, that wanting Israel wiped off the planet is because of a lack of a Palestinian nation. I mean, these are some serious, (laughs) serious lies in the universities that mom and dad are paying big money to these universities to allow their darlings to understand these things and uh, or not understand these things. So that's a little bit scary. Um, any more yeah. thoughts on Israel? We can move on to the stage setting of uh, so many other categories. What, what do you think? Yeah, I would just say with Israel, um, you know, keep your eye not only on the Middle East and Eastern Europe, but keep your eye on Southeast Asia because okay. uh, the Luciferians that I think are behind this, are they love to distract us like a good magician. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if while we're focusing all of our attention on uh, what's happening in Israel, we see China make a move or North Korea. Uh, so these are definitely tenuous times. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything immediate, but it, I think it's the beginning of the next phase that will mm-hmm. lead us up to uh, the rapture and the end times. I asked Leo that question when he was on the show last week, and he agreed. He said, we're not going to see much of an ebb and flow. It's going to be just a steady, steady march toward uh, this world conflagration, as you mentioned a moment ago. Wow. Amazing times. Okay, um, you're listening to Stand Up for the Truth. My name is Mary Danielson. We're talking to J.B. Hickson, notbyworks.org. Uh, you did some great sessions on stage setting, and it's, it's we live in such a, an amazing time that every single thing that we've been looking at in prophecy for decades, everything is just, um, you know, the foundations are set. It's it's growing constantly and very rapidly, actually. What are some of the, what are the number one, uh, what is the number one stage being set? right now and that that other things are flowing from it well i think america is at the seat of world power right now we are a superpower we are the world's reserve currency and uh, as i mentioned in the early 1900s the luciferian elite uh, set out intentionally to to do what they can to get america out of the way and so i believe america is Mm -hmm. on life support right now they are they know they've got to get america out of the way in order to cross the finish line and, and develop the new world order the one world system so the biggest stage that's being set i think relates to what's happening in america both economically politically morally socially and militarily as well. I mean, uh, we are seeing uh, you know, troops being deployed. Uh, we're seeing um, battleships get put into place. Um, uh, you know, I, I just I feel like you have to be really living in a cave not to recognize that things in America are changing and changing very, very rapidly. The elite have said this is the great reset. I think it's the great satanic reset. Mm-hmm. But I think if you look at all the different sectors, as I mentioned, economics, political, and so forth, uh, you see the stage being set such that America will not be the the America that you and I grew up in, Mary, uh, before too long. That is absolutely true, and all eyes seem to be on a different hemisphere when it comes to big events. Because of statehood for Israel, that time clock started ticking. I want to ask you about uh, Gog and Magog um, stage being set, too. You had mentioned Togarma being Syria. That's very interesting to me. I had not heard that before. 
But I did some research on that, and it does seem to be that particular area. And I think um, Chuck Missler, for one, you know, he he had mentioned Togarma being Turkey and Gomer being Germany, and I never quite understood the Germany thing. Um, so Togarma is, you would say, Syria and that general vicinity? Yeah, I mean, if we look at the geography of it, that seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I think Gomer is is Turkey. Uh, so you've got Iran, Sudan, Libya, Turkey, Syria. Obviously, Russia is the is kind of the the, the chief in charge. They're the ones putting this alliance together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's right out of Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine. If our listeners don't know, there is an end times war that is going to uh, involve a northern alliance that comes against Israel. And all of the players in that northern alliance are the ones that are in the headlines today. I mean, keep your eye on Turkey. I mean, Erdogan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's he's been a long-time globalist. He is not a friend, even though they're part of NATO for now. They they, they really are a very, very shaky ally. Um, obviously, Sudan is a hotbed for terrorism. Libya, same thing. Uh, Syria is a long-standing enemy of, of uh, Israel. And you've got Iran. And so... Uh, these uh, nations are in the news every day. Um, you know, we don't know exactly when this particular end times battle will happen, but it seems clear to, to just about every Bible prophecy expert that it has to happen, uh, you know, before the rapture. I mean, I'm sorry, before the tribulation, before the Antichrist takes the, the helm. Um, I know my good friend uh, Andy Woods takes a slightly different view. Um, and uh, by the way, I. I respect him immensely. I wouldn't bet against Andy, but I disagree with him on this uh, this issue. Most people think it's going to happen before the tribulation. He puts it you know, as a two-phase thing that happens during the tribulation. Um, but regardless of when it happens, it's pretty obvious that the players involved are kind of getting ready, that the stage, is, as you said, is being set for this battle. I don't know if you read Jeff Childers, Coffee and COVID. He's one of the first people I read every single morning. He's amazing. He's a, a believer. He's a, um, an attorney down in Florida. And he has today, uh, Russia Today reported that the UN Security Council rejected Russia's ceasefire solution for Gaza. So Russia wants to be a peacemaker there. It says the vote was telling to pass the proposed ceasefire resolution, which would also have required the immediate return of all Israeli hostages. At least nine countries would have had to vote in favor. So five member com- countries voted for the ceasefire, China, Gabon, Mozambique, Russia, and the UAE. And four countries voted against Russia being uh, making peace there, France, Japan, Britain, the U.S., and six others abstained. Uh, do you think Russia will... Um, I don't know, speak out of both sides of their mouth and and somehow attempt another uh, possible uh, peace solution in the Middle East? Oh, I think absolutely. They're they're playing both sides. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is the the neocons uh, who have long been, you know, fomenting war, they want America to be involved in World War III. Mm -hmm. You know, they they really do want to um, gin up anger uh, even more than usually emotional responses uh, you know, they're the ones that are, uh, are are making sure the whole world sees the images of these horrible atrocities that the Hamas terrorists uh, conducted. But but and again, this is, you know, I'm kind of like you. I want to make sure people understand I you know, love Israel. Mm-hmm. God loves Israel. God has a future for national Israel. Israel is our friend. And uh, but at the same time, if you see the big picture, you understand that not everything we're reading uh, in the headlines is is true and and some neocons are out there uh you know i think unwittingly in some cases but nevertheless they're out there 
uh, spreading around misinformation mm-hmm. and, and, and images that have been now shown to be doctored and be uh, the result of AI. In fact, it's, it, for example, it's still a very much an open question about, you know, whether they uh, cut off the heads of babies. I mean, that certainly yeah. wouldn't put it past them. But, you know, even the IDF itself has come out and said, you know, we have no evidence of this. And then um, I won't mention his name, but a very popular conservative pundit, not a, a Christian pundit per se, although he is a Christian, uh, but a big leading conservative pundit tweeted out, you know, a, a picture allegedly showing, quote, proof of it. Well, it was quickly shown that that was uh, a doctored, uh, doctored photo. Wow. So you got to be careful and recognize that we can both simultaneously be angry and horrified mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. want justice and stand with Israel, yet at the same time pay attention to how they are using right. our emotions to try to get us to, to bomb Iran and to get us to, to, to start this World War Three. World War Three will not end well nope. for the United States of America. No. I mean, I'm just, that's, that's, uh, that's I mean, great. I don't think anybody disagrees with that that right. understands where we are at militarily right now. Right. That's their plan. That's by design. Wow. Well, we had time for a break. That went so fast. We're going to take a two-minute break here. Uh, also, the listener, remember, Russia has been involved in the Middle East peace process since o2 because they were part of the quartet of powers. Uh, so many peace treaties have uh, gone into the shredder. Uh, anyway, this is Mary Danielson. I am speaking with J.B. Hickson on Stand Up for the Truth. And we're going to be back with a lot more about globalism, the reset, tyranny, apostasy. I want to talk to him about obsession with space and the heavens and and that sort of thing. Financial collapse, government surveillance, gender surrender. Here we go. Stay with us for part two with J.B. Hickson. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. My name is Mary Danielson, and we are speaking to J.B. Hickson today about Israel and all things globalist. Uh, there is so much to talk about. And, J.B., you have several um, uh, categories of, of stage setting and, and where we're at. And it's good to see where we're at in very things. You, you mentioned the Great Satanic Reset and uh, you showed a Time magazine with some scaffolding up, and I love that because that really is. They are building something uh, for the end times, uh, the Luciferian agenda. How many How many are at the top? This is something that I've been wondering, uh, JB. How many people are really at the top of this, the movers and shakers? And then, of course, you know, then there's your, your useful idiots in there somewhere, and then your average person. So how does this pyramid work? Yeah, so I, I diagram this out in my first volume, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1. Um, but I, at the top, there are six or eight families that are truly worshiping Satan and getting the marching orders directly from him. They worship and pray to him the way you and I pray to Almighty God. Uh, they are you know, sacrificing children, drinking blood, having these smoke meetings in these secret smoke-filled rooms. Most people would not know the names of those people. They're not the public hmm. face of Satan's earthly accomplices. Uh, but they are wicked, evil to the core. Again, they are, there's a long, long bloodline of these people going back to ancient times. They think Satan is the hero and God is the enemy. Um, and then underneath them 
are is a second tier that's uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people in key positions of power throughout the world. Most of them are aware that there's some spiritual aspect to this battle. They probably understand that Satan is the one pulling the strings you know, from the, from their perspective. Um, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them are just in it for other evil reasons, power, sex, money, uh, you name it. Uh, but they're definitely key in key positions of authority. That would be people uh, like, uh, you know, the Bill Gates, the Klaus Schwabs, the Jeffrey Epsteins, people at that level. And then you've got below that, you've got millions of people in key positions of power and influence throughout the world. Most of them probably are not aware that they are pawns in a Luciferian conspiracy, uh, but they are very much uh, a part of this uh, game. Uh, and so, you know, but the thing that we need to remember, even though it's hard sometimes to connect the dots because it, Satan is, is a master deceiver, and uh, it's, you know, we, we can understand biblically where this is headed, but when you get down into the details, uh, it's hard sometimes to know exactly what's happening. It's never about what it's about. But one thing, Mary, that I always like to point out every time I, every chance I get and every message and every book is that there are certain things that we, we can know for sure. We can have certainty. And one of those is about our own personal spiritual life. We can understand where we are going to die when we die. We don't have to wait and wonder what happens to me when I die. We can know right now that we will spend eternity in heaven. And that's a simple matter of faith. Everyone's a sinner who needs a savior. And if you've not, uh, trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation, you need to do that today. Everything else is important. It's important to keep an eye on it. It's important mm-hmm. to talk about it like we're doing today. But uh, above all else, you need to check your own heart, and let's make sure that there's been a time in your life when you've trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the only one who can forgive sin and give eternal life. So I just want to throw that out yeah. there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Uh, I don't know how people get up in the morning without knowing Jesus, and uh, uh, that sense of hopelessness and futility is is your conscience it's the holy spirit telling you that something is not right because we should have hope and peace in jesus so uh thank you for doing that um we were talking boy many years ago now um, i was talking to my father-in-law and he would mention the cfr the club of rome and the trilateralists and i think what is he talking about and i wasn't really sure if these were just figments of of you know conspiratorial imaginations but they are not the club of rome uh, in the early 70s the trilateral commission the cfr how they're still around they've been around a long time how powerful are they jb oh the cfr i have a whole chapter just on the cfr bilderberg and bohemian grove in the in the uh, semi volume 2 uh, they are a key, key player, a major, major mover and shaker when it comes to world events. It was started by David Rockefeller and the Club of Rome uh, back in 1968, I think. Uh, anyway, sometime in that time frame. Uh, and every major political figure is a member uh, on the right and the left. And I've got several quotes in the book of, of people uh, really deferring to the CFR. Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, admitted on camera that the CFR tells her what to think and what to do. Um, you know, Biden admitted on tape that he works uh, for Richard Haas, who's the longstanding president of the CFR. CFR, again, stands for Council on Foreign Relations. Officially, it's sort of a, a think tank or a just an advisory capacity. It's not has no formal role in our government, but you better believe it really is big, a big power center, uh, and they're the ones that are kind of orchestrating uh, the overthrow of different governments with CIA coups. Uh, 
uh, you know, the, co- the so-called color coups as we've had through the, through the last several decades. Uh, so, yeah, the CFR is, is huge. A lot of those uh, secret societies, it's not technically speaking a secret society, but it operates a lot like one. Club of Rome was a secret society. Mm. Um, a lot of those I talk about in Spear of the Antichrist, Volume 2. Well, think tank. What a great euphemism, huh? <laughs> yeah, really. Wow. Yeah, think Tank Row is right there in Washington, D.C., and it's, it's, it's all of these uh, groups like the Brookings Institution and all of these groups where people, you know, elites are paid millions of dollars to sit there and hobnob with world leaders and, and convince them to do certain things. Wow. wow. I want to talk about um, people's obsession with you know space and science fiction and the heavens, because you mentioned that in one of your sessions, uh, UFOs and, and the conditioning that really began, I think, in the 50s in earnest. But I, I looked up some of the the sci-fi history here. Um, there was a short, silent film called Trip to the Moon, 1902. Metropolis was the first full-length um, uh, movie about with science fiction, 1927. And then War of the Worlds, October 30th, 1938. My mother used to talk about that because she was about 20 years old at the time. So she remembered that, and it was fascinating to talk to her about that. But it seems as though it really began in earnest, the constant barrage and conditioning about little green men and saucers back in the 50s. Do you think that there's, I don't know, something significant about that? No question, yeah. The dawn of the modern UFO era was 1947 with uh, the Kenneth Arnold sightings Hmm. first, and then about 10 days later, the Roswell incident in June of 1947. And I believe, and I make the case for this in my books, that it all is demonic, that it's spiritual, mm-hmm. it's not uh, fake, it's real, but it's not little green men from another planet. It's dimensional, it's it's demonic. And I believe it all relates to World War II. I think the atomic bombs got the attention of uh, the uh, Luciferian uh, agents up in the heavenlies, you know, the, the uh, celestial evil beings, fallen angels and demons and the like. And... Um, they, the Satan sent out some some of his uh, fallen angels on reconnaissance missions. They came down, kind of checking it out. Because remember, Satan doesn't know everything. He doesn't have bionic hearing. He has mm-hmm. to. He, he's subject to time, space, and matter in that regard. And so he he left the realm of the heavenlies, came uh, through time, space, and matter with these demons. And that's when they discovered that there was a lot of talk about Israel. Well, that got it Satan's attention. He knows that Israel plays a central role in God's blueprint. Uh, even though he doesn't believe that God's going to succeed, he certainly knows what God's plan is. And so when he heard all of this talk about Israel, that's when the things ratcheted up in the demonic realm, the spiritual realm, Ephesians 6, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think ever since then, it's just gotten more and more and more and more. And it finally got to the point where there was so much going on that uh, we have to, to start a new branch of the military, the Space Force. You had the 2017 exposure of all of this uh, in the New York Times article, December 16th. And now it's it's common. For, for the first time in over 50 years, we had uh, public UFO hearings. The government has now admitted what they used to lie about, namely that for 70-plus years they had been secretly tracking these, these unidentified flying objects or unidentified aerial phenomena. And, uh, and now they're trying to figure out what they are. And they don't know what they are, but if you have a biblical worldview, you know what they are. It's Mm -hmm. manifestations of the demonic activity, the likes of which we've never seen before, and it's going to get worse and worse leading up to the return of Christ. Yeah, think of the demonic activity when Jesus came the first time, so it only makes sense that we would be looking at this even more so in this time. And you're reminding me of uh, Ephesians uh, two, two, uh, the prince of the power of the air. That's always a fascinating mm-hmm. verse to me. Never quite knew what it meant, but I think we have a pretty good idea. 
Uh, so thanks. Yeah, no, it's definitely when, when things are heating up on Earth, they're all they're, that means they were already heating up in the heavenlies. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you need to look up and recognize that there's a major, major spiritual battle going on. After all, it is a cosmic battle ultimately between God, mm-hmm. the Creator of the universe, and his his enemy Satan. No, well, yeah. Let's move on, JB, if you're okay with that. Is uh, technology because there's an article on technology news and trends, Patrick Wood. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Technocrats in the European Union Quietly Roll Out Identity Wallet. And it starts by saying, global technocrats have sparked a stampede for digital IDs for every person on Earth. One research organization forecasts that governments will have used 5 billion digital ID credentials by the end of 2024, or 62.5% of the global population. By 2030, this will likely approach 90%. And of course, they will. It says they will. Uh, it'll enable them to cut off all dissenters by denying access to services such as finance, government services, travel, uh, etc. And then he makes the comment, "Didn't they tell us all along that no person would be left behind? What did you think that meant?" <laughs> <laughs> I love Patrick Wood. Yeah, He's amazing. I extensively uh, in the brand new book. Uh, the subtitle of the new book is "Rise of the Global Technocracy," mm-hmm. and. He's the world expert on technocracy. Uh, technocracy just means rule by technology. Uh, Satan's going to rule the world through the Antichrist and false prophet. It's going to be full-spectrum planetary control, and he's not going to be able to do it uh, supernaturally the way God can. God, God alone is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Satan's going to need help, and so he's going to use technology. But I have a whole chapter in the new book, again, the title is Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy, and you can check it out at spiritofthefalseprophet.org. But there's a whole chapter on uh, you know, the, the, the digital currency and the digital ID system, uh, and it's it's uh, under hack, hacking and tracking humanity. But, uh, you know, when you talk about those numbers, and I think he's, they're, they're spot on there, they, they're telling us what they want. Even when they get to the 60% level by 2024, that's pretty much everybody. They're not going to be mm-hmm. too worried about the, the off-the-grid people living in the woods in the Ozarks. You know, they're, they're going right. to get the main... Uh, population centers, and uh, and then eventually, yeah, it'll be ninety percent by the end of the the, the decade. But there, you know, when they get to fifty, sixty, seventy percent, it's it's a, it's a de facto full spectrum control at that point. And it's going to have a kill switch. Is that uh, yeah. I mean something that I to me that is one of the scariest parts of it because life have, as you have known it, when that comes into play, life as we have known it is over. Yeah, it's it's two sides of the same coin. It's control, but it's also depopulation. And mm. remember what just a big new Brzezinski said. He's kind of the father of of the whole technocracy idea with his book in 1970. Anyone say it was 71? Uh, the technocratic era, he called it. Uh, he said right before he died in 2017, it's easier to kill one million people than to control one million people these days. Wow. Wow, what a statement. Yeah, uh, Patrick also says here, the potential quote-unquote resistance is ineffective because it stubbornly refuses to acknowledge that fight is with the technocrats and not communists, socialists, or fascists. Technocracy is orders of magnitude worse. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, and, and it's a, there, I, I talk about in the book, I have a chapter called Technocratic Tyranny, and I talk about how the tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. That's a quote from hmm. Aesop 600 years before Christ. Wow. And when it comes <laughs> to the New World Order, the pretext, the carrot, if you will, 
uh, is the promise of convenience, efficiency, entertainment, increased profits, and other bells and whistles that these digital devices lure us into. Uh, so we need to be eyes wide open. I mean, we're talking right now using technology because I'm on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. We all tend to have smartphones, and mm-hmm. we hopefully are using those for, for God's glory. But at the same time, those conveniences are going to be turned against us when they get ready to roll out the one world system. Wow. There's a fantastic article on Harbinger's Daily by David Bowen about quantum computing, quantum AI, merging end times technologies. And I just want to make a couple quotes here because I think uh, this is the next step. Uh, we have AI. AI is scary enough, but this quantum computing is not binary. Uh, it's quantum, so it's not bits or zeros and ones, but it's qubits, they call it, Q-U-B-I-T-S, fractions of zeros and ones. And he says today's computers under the hood, it's just a calculator, but quantum computing takes place on the subatomic level. It can do millions of calculations at once, 5 billion per second, which is 3 million times faster than current computers. Traditional laws of physics no longer apply. So this is an exponential leap in computing. Uh, by 2040, according to the Semiconductor Industry, Association, we will no longer have the capability to power all the computers in the world. So to that end, IBM, Google, Microsoft, and world governments are investing in quantum computing, and Moderna and IBM used quantum computing to develop mRNA tech. And it says once it combines with AI, its learning potential will be irreversible. It could break the Internet. Uh, the WEF claims they've established, along with major corporations, what will connect every living being to a global system, an all-knowing, present everywhere, all-powerful, small-g God. Um, I found that very sobering. Have you done, have you done much, re- much research on quantum computing? Uh, not uh, other than what we did for the book in talking about artificial okay. intelligence. Yeah. But I, think, I think the key summary or the key takeaway there is even you know quantum physicists don't really know what they're dealing with because it is yeah. so abstract. Yeah. So it's kind of like mad scientists in the <laughs> laboratory throwing potions together and let's see what happens next. You know. Wow. Um, so and I don't mean to, to oversimplify it. Obviously, mm-hmm. these are brilliant minds. But let's face it. By definition, uh, the quantum theory is a theory. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's not. A, it's not a two plus two equals four. It's not that simple. Uh, and so I think that's, again, part of Satan's uh, goal of chaos and uh, destroying in order to, mm-hmm. quote, build back better. Wow. Yes, it is. It's uh, computing alchemy. Um, but it, it's like the atomic. They, the night before, I think it's Robert Oppenheimer, but the night before they dropped that atomic bomb, they said, well, you know, it's either going to do what we think it's going to do or it's going to just, you know, immolate the entire universe. We really don't know, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, (laughs) so that's a little bit frightening and this somehow just reminds me of that Uh, but anyway it's just uh, Harbinger's Daily uh, by uh, David Bone fascinating article if people are interested in that Um, one of your topics too the stage being set is gender surrender and and we know it's demonic we know that that it's it's absolutely from the pit of hell and what it's doing to uh, our, our young people and I guess I'm thinking that the whole idea of homogenizing and marginalizing all humans, dehumanizing humans, is that just because it's easier to control them? Is, is there something more to it? Uh, what do you think about that? I think on a logistical level, yeah, that's exactly what it is, uh, going back to that quote by Zbigniew Brzezinski. But from a mm-hmm. spiritual perspective, 
remember Satan absolutely hates God and mankind is the mm. is the highest pinnacle of creation we are made in the image of God so mankind is is image we are image bearers and when Satan looks at us he sees God in the sense that we are the greatest representation uh, now that image of course was flawed at the fall but it can be restored through faith in Christ but either way humanity, is uh, is the highest pinnacle of creation. God saved the best for last, and mm-hmm. only two humans did he breathe into us a soul. You know, oak trees don't have a soul. Frogs don't have a soul. Cockroaches mm-hmm. don't have a soul, but humanity does. And so when Satan looks at you and me, he, he just, he just recoils because he hates God so much. So the transhumanist uh, movement and the dehumanist movement is attempting to destroy us as sort of an in-your-face attack on God. But so it's it's not only destroying humanity, but it's also marginalizing humanity. Satan's essentially saying, ah, oh, you know, that's no big deal, these humans. We can do better than that. We can transcend humanity mm. and make them even better uh, kind of like the six million dollar man, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we'll show God who's really in charge and who who's the real creator. And so they are the the, the gender surrender movement. Remember, AI has no gender, and yet God said male and female is part and parcel to the image of God in man. So Satan wants to destroy gender and make us think it's irrelevant. That you can pick your gender. There's thousands of genders. What's the big deal? Uh, and in so doing, he's intentionally marginalizing. Uh, the image of God and man. Hmm. And also the mark of the beast will be the great leveler, you know, talking about technocracy versus whether you're a communist or Marxist. It says small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. That's everybody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's just amazing. Um, uh, You know, and and by the way, speaking of communism, I saw a great quote from Solzhenitsyn, Uh, He said, no matter how formidably communism bristles with tanks and rockets, no matter what successes it attains in seizing the planet, Mm. it is doomed Mm. never to vanquish Christianity. Amen, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Christ is going to come back triumphant someday. We know who wins in the end. Uh, We need to be ready and be Mm -hmm. prepared. We're never to be scared, but we are to be prepared, Proverbs Mm 22.3. And as we see all of these things unfurling around us, uh, we need to remember it's a spiritual battle. God has a job for us to do. We don't want to crawl into a hole and right. and, and drop out of society and you know just sing kumbaya until the Lord comes back. That's not at, at all what God mm-hmm. wants us to mm-hmm. do. We have a job to do, and we mm-hmm. need to run towards the roar and, and be engaged in the battle. But sadly, most Christians are content to stick their head in the sand, and they, they either don't want to hear it, or they're just so blinded they can't believe what's happening before our very eyes. Yeah, and we're called to count the cost, and we have to count the cost yeah. of our involvement or our lack of involvement. There's a price to pay for all of that. Um, yeah. Uh, you also talk about uh, a godless apostasy. What what quite do you mean by that, I and mean, where are we seeing that? Are we talking about the church, or what exactly does that mean? Well, I think in, in Scripture it's referring to within the church that people will depart from the faith and give heed to, to doctrines of demons. But in general, obviously, we know the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. Mm. And uh, as Paul said in Second Timothy 3.13, things are getting worse and worse. But particularly apostasy relates to the church. And I tell you what, uh, we are seeing uh, so many churches uh, jump on uh, the the progressive, uh, worldly uh, socialist woke, you know, agenda. Yeah. It's, it's just stunning to me. I, I I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm convinced that we're we're below ten percent of true remnant 
Bible-believing, God-fearing churches anymore. Mm. Well, that's a sad number. Yeah. And, you know, we have things like the the conference that was just held a couple of weekends ago, hosted by Andy Stanley's church, you know, trying to get Christians to welcome and affirm the LGBT movement. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a couple of speakers there that were mar- men that were married to other men. And it's just, it's abominable. I mean, I think Andy Stanley, and I don't, I don't like to call out people, but there mm-hmm. comes a point when you have to mention names uh, the same way the Apostle Paul did. And I really believe Andy Stanley is the face of apostasy yeah. today. It's pretty obvious, yeah. It's been going yeah. on for a little while. I'm interested. You talk about uh, a global world, how the world was global at one point, and then God put people in nations. But we're headed for global yeah. again, right? Before before Jesus comes uh, and establishes His kingdom, that's an interesting pattern. Yeah, no. It's the Bible comes full circle from a globalist world when it was Adam and Eve having dominion over the whole world, uh, and then after the flood and after the Tower of Babel, God established the nations and human government. That's the, the era that we're living in today. Still to this day, is a nationalistic uh, human government um, model. But if you believe the Bible, we know that we're going to return once again to a globalist model. It'll happen in two phases. First, the satanic realm with the beast and the false prophet. But ultimately, when the king of kings comes back and, and the Bible comes full circle to the pre-fall Edenic state in the garden. And, and, and what a day that'll be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it talks about in Zechariah 14, there are nations that go up to Jerusalem. Yeah. Do, I have, do I have that right? Yeah, so na- nationalism... Mean it is a form of government that refers to national sovereignty. Okay. Nations will exist okay. even in a globalist world, even during the tribulation. There will be nations, but they won't have any power. They'll have they'll be subject to the antichrist. Well, okay. in the kingdom, Christ will rule with a rod of iron in perfect peace and justice. But there will still be nations geographically, and those nations will all be uh, under uh, the umbrella of the king emanating from from Israel, which is Jesus Christ. I love the verse that says, of the increase of government, uh, the, his government, there will be no end. And I can't, I can't wrap my head around some of that, but I do love to read that because it gives us something to look forward to and, and, and something to just be. Yeah, uh, I, wow. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, we think of it often at Christmas because unto us a child yeah. is born, unto us a given. But it's really a second coming passage as well. It goes on to talk about that time when, when all the governments will be upon his shoulder. That's certainly not true today. No, definitely not. JB, I've certainly enjoyed this. There's so much more we could cover. We have about, I don't know, two minutes left. Is there anything that we missed that you would really like to talk about? Yeah, I just, I know we're talking about a lot of, a lot of heavy stuff today, and, and it seems like lately that's what I've been talking about at conferences, and certainly my books are exposing a lot of Satan's uh, agenda. But let's not forget that this is an exciting time. I mean, the, the, to see Bible prophecy unfold the way it is, is, it should be thrilling, and it should just remind us that uh, Christ is coming back. You know, Jesus told us to watch the signs of the times. And so, uh, you know, we need to have the proper response, not get scared, yeah. uh, definitely be prepared. But at the same time, understand this is an exciting time to be alive. I mean, it could be today mm-hmm. we could see the eastern sky split and be called home. I mean, uh, everything is in place. It's just now waiting on God, who alone orchestrates the times and the seasons. So I would say be be encouraged, you know. Uh, study it, study yeah. it from a biblical perspective. Obviously, everything I'm saying, don't just take my word for it. You know, get into the Word of God. I give, uh, you know, 50, 60 pages of footnotes, uh, bibliographic citations at the end of all of my books, so you can do your own research. Um, but uh, don't don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. I think that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I mean, things are really coming together in an incredible way. Been watching for a long time. 
you know, let it happen, and, and Jesus is coming back, and oh, wow. Perhaps today. Thank you so much, JB. Notbyworks.org. Also, when you go to StandForTheTruth.com, there's a guest list there. You can you can uh, catch uh, JB's other podcasts because he's a regular here. We appreciate his insights so much, and you can listen to a past podcast of JB and others. And uh, so I know you'll be blessed by that. So take advantage of all the all the podcasts that we've done. Uh, Thursday we have Mike Gendron. Friday Pete Garcia. Looking forward to those, and um, keep an eye on the skies, keep an eye on, on Israel and what's going on there. So therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Keep looking up. Have a great day on purpose.